0: we got Daryl Ryder joining us at 9.20, so let's get on the hop. It's time for the Fan Focus. (laughs) Leading us off, it's the morning show, as Ken gives his own Browns prediction.
1: I feel as confident in them now as I have over the last eight months. They're a playoff team. Dare to dream. No, dare to have expectations. Not dream. Dare to have expectations for this team. They're a playoff team. Boy, Market. that's interesting. That, that The way you just phrased that is 100% true. Thank you. But it's got to be so different. Not a lot of places are like that where you should have big expectations, but yet I think there's butterflies in the stomachs of a lot of fans. Where is that the case? The only thing hurting your expectations are previous letdowns and years and years and years of them. But don't let – if you're letting Watson play into it, then we'll, we can talk. If you're letting Stefanski play into it, we can talk. If you're letting Andrew Barry picking the players, we can talk. Don't give me the PTSD of Colt McCoy or Johnny or anybody else play into it. All right? Stick to what we have right now. Stick to this team. There's no way, if you just stick to it, this is an expectation thing. This isn't just Kenny getting all excited to me an excitable boy thing. Even though I am an excitable boy. If you just look at this, go go on our labs right now. Go look at their current depth chart. You look at this depth chart, tell me this isn't a playoff team. Tell me it is. Unless guys get hurt, which could possibly happen, it's a long season. Unless you just have that many guys get hurt, this is a playoff team. So I'm putting out that expectation right now. They're a playoff team. I have expectations for them. I have standards for them. Playoffs. Market. Now I don't know how far.
0: I can't guarantee you that. I mean, Ken's right. They are a playoff team. First off, didn't know Ken gets his depth charts from our lads. I didn't know. As I'm always curious to find out where people get theirs from. I've said 11 wins for a long time, about four months or so. Listen, if they don't make the postseason, that means you're nowhere close to 11 wins. You're not missing the postseason with 11 wins. So my 11-win prediction comes with a postseason appearance, and from there, the AFC is so good. I can't tell you deep postseason run, although I do believe the talent is there. They have the ability to beat just about anybody, especially with the news with the Chiefs from today. I don't know how you'd think anything short of the ability to beat anybody if the Chiefs end up in a situation where they don't have Chris Jones, they don't have Travis Kelsey, although I would imagine that will get rectified by at the latest. As long as the Kelsey isn't an ACL injury, I would imagine the Chris Jones side of things gets rectified by week eight, so... Might be a complete non-story in about six, seven, eight weeks, but for right now, it's a massive story. All right, we go to afternoon drive. Nick and Dustin discuss Jelly Roll, the country singer. I feel like I would be Jelly Roll, the, the country artist.
2: I feel like, yes, I feel like Jelly Roll is Jelly Roll's like cousin, who's half as talented, half as famous, but somehow he gets by. Like he's like he's like the third voice on every Justin Bieber song. He's like the Diplo version. Yes, yeah, exactly. When David Guetta gets his hands on it, he puts a little Jello roll in the oh, middle of Lord the song. There, DJ Khaled, we the best. Now he might be Jello roll. DJ Khaled would be another guy that could have been called Jelly Roll, and you'd be you'd be like, yeah, I totally get that. It's not quite as big as Jelly Roll, but he's got Jelly Rolls. He does, he does. but he owns it, man. Really, any fat guy could be called Jelly Roll. Something about fat guys that are that are uh, musicians or artists makes me makes me like them more. <laughs> but yet your co-host, my fatness, gets in the way of our partnership all the time. I love you. Yeah. I mean, there are times there's judgment with my fatness. Oh, hey. I took a peek hey, at that lunch today. What are you, what are you, what are you eating over there? Huh? You feel what like it's judgment when there? I say that to you? Not all the time. Sometimes. It's usually right after you've made fun of how I look. It typically comes from Keith. To be fair. It does. To be fair. To be fair. Keith will send me a, t- a, 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 a text. Uh-huh. One, of One of those. One of those. Friday, texts. 620. Yeah. Um, Keith will send me a text. I'll be like, look what Nick's eating. Yeah. Well, actually, today it was like, look at him. You spin that fork around. Oh, yeah. You like, In oh, if you were holding the fork the whole time, I don't know if you were just ready to eat or. I think I had already eaten. Yeah, the, no, I the, think the your food was done. gone. It Maybe was... I just didn't want to let go of the fact that I would eaten. You're hoping somebody else will bring another plate yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> for some it was, more it was, I was ordering. I was subconsciously ordering more food there uh, as, as we were doing Give the show. More food. I am fat. I need to
0: eat. I don't know why the singing at the end. It lost me the first time. It lost me the second time. Jelly Roll, the country singer. Listen, we hadn't discussed much with Jelly Roll. I don't know him that well no you know all his stuff. Apparently, I, I don't Not know all his way. stuff. Not, some, you covered one of his songs, though. Uh, yeah, it's
2: a phenomenal song. T- ten out of ten would recommend the listen. It's called "I Need a Favor."
0: I'll check it out. You know, I love country music. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, he is a—he's very TikTok famous. That's how I know Joey Roll. You live in the TikTok world. It kind of makes sense that the two of you would uh, link up in such a fashion. I just—I—I I don't listen to much new country. I listen to Morgan Wallen. We can put that out there. But I don't catch much new country because I never listen to it, let's say, on the radio, for instance. Like, all the new stuff I get is because I've already liked an artist. And when they come out with a new CD and I listen to it that way. I'm not discovering anything new at this point. Haven't really in, like, five, six years discovered anything truly new. I think Morgan Wallen, Eric Church, probably the last two country artists that I actually was like, Oh, you guys hear this guy? And then in the case of Morgan, I was early on him. But in the case of Eric Church, I was like two years late. All right, next up. Baskin and Mennegan on Lucas Giolito and the rough outing yesterday.
2: Giolito was uh, a major disappointment. I, although he looked okay when he first got out there. And then all of a sudden, it was like, goodbye, grand yeah, slam. He, he started to be seriously plagued by the long ball when he found his way to... To the Angels. It was weird. When he was with the when he was with the White Sox, he was actually throwing really well this season. Wasn't real prone to it as much and then found his way to the Angels, had a couple starts there, and I don't know if it's just the air in there. I don't know what goes on inside of, you know, the Los Angeles Angels where guys just show up and decide to underperform unless your name's Shohei Otani or Mike Trout. But apparently that's what happened to Lucas Giolito on top of it. And so Boy, I hope they could get that fixed. I, I thought it was interesting before the game. He said he was excited to come to Cleveland because this place is a pitching factory. I thought
0: that was close. So okay. I,
2: well, it's true, though. Okay. I think he's right. Now, do you think that the staff here can get him corrected? That's the whole thing. I mean, so I think we've seen rock bottom. Everything's got to go up from here, right? I would hope.
0: Uh, I listened to way too much of that show. You guys did not. You didn't take the uh, we were wrong in Lucas Giolito stance like I needed you guys to. Hey, when I get something wrong, I hand up, I admit it. And I'm not doing a victory lap on Lucas Giolito. But let me do a quick victory lap on Lucas Giolito. I'm not a victory lap guy. I'm not that guy. But I told you. I told you all. I'm going to do this at 940 at some point, too. I told you all what was going to happen. He'd been miserable with the Angels. I told you this was not a move to make them a contender. And uh, meanwhile, you know, Baskin and Dan came back from the break doing the Celebrate Good Times music, talking about how this made the Guardians a contender. It didn't make him a contender. When you get it wrong this quick after, you got to give me the I was wrong segment, not the let's see if we can get him corrected segment. No chance. That's up a creek without a paddle. That one's gone, baby, gone. Lucas Giolito is spent. And at this point, he already, he, he you got him for one start. You got him for that start against Minnesota to be awesome, and he vomited all over his, his shoes. Like, you, you, you missed opportunity. It's over. You can't redeem yourself. Because after tonight, if the the score remains what the score is, Guardians, they're they're done. It'll be it. It'll be over. All right. Ken and Lima on a new sport, Grease Pole Climbing. Maybe it's an old sport. New to them. Here we go. Lima was at the St.
1: Rocco's Festival yesterday. Was Mm -hmm. it right? There are teams of four that do the Greasy Pole Climb at the the Festival of St. Rocco's, St. Rocco's festival. And I'm watching this video. They get on each other's shoulders. They take grease and throw it at the crowd. There are people with umbrellas. Yes. Like they've been there for years and they know that grease is gonna get thrown on them, so they don't get greased on.
0: Is there a guy outside? Be very going, greasy. Buy your grease umbrellas here, you're gonna pay twice the price I mean, once yeah. you get inside I, the gate. I would.
1: If I if I were selling umbrellas, I'd be right outside the gates over at Saint Rocco's going, Hey, you're gonna pay double in there. Okay? You can get these for a cheaper rate here. And I'm watching. Did you you watch this live yesterday, Yes, right I, did. Tone? I mean, this is amazing. I'm watching these teams of four. These guys are in socks. And they look like they're all I mean, this would be what a roofer This is the, this is the roofer Super Bowl here to me. There are teams of four they've greased up this pole. They've been doing this since when 1915. And you got to see a close up. This is unreal. You got to see a close up. I'm watching up it right now. To the degree of actual grease. There's so much that is on there. There's so much grease, and that's why the first five, you know, the first five attempts, no chance. You have no chance to try to get there. So you have to wear down the grease. Do they have a draw of who gets to go first and who gets like? If say you have 12 teams of four, right? Mm -hmm. Do they have a draw to see who goes first to who goes 12? Right, because if you go first, you got no shot. Exactly, and you're only helping the groups that go after you because you're eliminating the grease as you go. This looks dangerous. Uh, I'm watching the group of three guys just went down right now. The first guy went, and then the other three go. You only get one crack at this. Well, no. Then it it rotates through. Then once you get to the end, if if the three or four teams can't do it, then you start back over again. So there's a video, and I'm just looking at. I I just have it at Facebook, Greasy Pole, St. Rocco's. There are, and Fox Eight had the video. This is a 25 minute long video. A team's getting ready to go up on the grease pole, going up the grease pole, failing on the grease pole. And you see it at the very beginning. Like the first team that goes up, it seems that when they slide down, they take a lot of the grease with them. Right. So then it becomes a little bit easier.
0: The only question I would have... Yeah, like I know how Joey Chestnut became a really good eater. At some point in, like, 10 years old, he could just eat more hot dogs than anybody else, and he could eat more food than anybody else, and then he started putting together his superpower, right? Some sports, quote-unquote, you just understand how they got there. I'll never understand how somebody became, like, the Babe Ruth of this sport that they're talking about. Greased-up pole climbing. How do you know you're good at that? How do you become good at that? Where do you go practice that? I mean, well, let's grease up the pole. Come on over. We're going to do some practices. What? That's so odd to me. <laughs> Lastly, Nick and Dustin on primetime. Deion Sanders and a big win for Colorado over the weekend. The Colorado stuff, like, there were, and I heard the morning show talk about
2: it. I I, I heard, um, oh, man, what was I listening to this weekend? It was Sunday out and about. It must have been the Knoxville station. They were talking about prime. And uh, you know he's only going to be in Colorado a year. Can can the man win first? He's like, won one game before. I heard Double A today, and I called him off air to let him know that I was going to roast him for this, and I roasted him to his face. Double A this morning was like, I mean, I think Dion could come to Ohio State, I think and Dion could come to Ohio State. <laughs> I don't think that's a great Double A, but it's not a bad one either. But they could, uh, he could take recruiting to a whole nother level. It's like what what one he's got one game at Colorado and first off he hasn't he hasn't even been on the road to recruit yeah he got a bunch of, of transfer guys in yeah getting guys out of the portal to come to Colorado where there were a plethora of jobs is not the same thing as getting any five star you want to come to Columbus and I just think like I that Colorado could have a good year this year but if Dion's modus operandi is going to be every year, I'm just going to reach into the portal and get 80 guys or 50 guys that I want here, he's not going to win.
0: Travis Hunter was the story. Dion was the story. Travis Hunter was also the story. One NFL scout reportedly believed that Hunter has the potential to be both Justin Jefferson and Jalen Ramsey in one player. He is the Shohei Otani of college football. As the season moves on, more will be talked about him. Never less about Dion, who's remarkable in his own right, but more will be talked about Travis Hunter. Incredible weekend of college football. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Daryl Ryder, our Browns insider, joins us next with the latest. Uh, we're going to talk about the Guardians, by the way, because the Guardians about to wrap up that game against the Twins. So we're going to talk Guardians with him, and then get into the Browns. It's Overtime with Jonathan Piedelman, here with you guys on The Fan.